I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Double Clutch Podcast. I'm Matthew Wellington, your user host, and tonight I'm joined, well, for the first time ever, really, by uh, Joe Helbert. Hi, guys. So tonight, obviously, we've got a bunch of playoff games to go through. Um, we thought we'd get Joe on because, you know, you've got to get rid of those podcast jitters and it's, it's a good time to come on during the playoffs because we're, we're swapping out hosts and we're having multiple shows each and every night. This, well, for the next couple of weeks, it's just going to be random shows coming out whenever. It's a bit difficult being a British fan, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> it's a pain in the ass trying to time as to when you want to put shows out because obviously we're at the opposite time. From, from the States and, and Canada and places like that. So we did try and get Zach on tonight, but he is busy. Um, so hopefully Zach will come back on uh, during the week. And um, we should have another show out tomorrow. Well, tomorrow evening-ish slash today evening-ish because this is coming out tomorrow morning for most people. So we'll get a little bit confused. But um, we're basically going to start with the teams that have been swept. So the teams that have gone, uh, the Toronto Raptors are going home, which came as a bit of a surprise to some. I know that going into the playoffs, I kind of thought that the Wizards were capable of doing this, and they proved me right. Um, they were, they went 3-0 up in the series after a 106-99 victory, uh, and Porter and Paul Pierce just basically went off in that one. And then the fourth game, uh, which was last night, I believe, was the clincher. And um, it wasn't much of a competition, was it, Joe? It was pretty much a blowout. No, Washington's offense completely dried up for long spells of that game. Um, Lou Williams and... Uh, Grizz Vasquez off the bench really struggled against the uh, second unit, especially Ramon Sessions. He was running rings around them. Good over Ramon Sessions. <laughs> <laughs> For former Laker, there I just gotta you know get that. In. <laughs> but it was a, it was a complete blowout, and like they were 19 points up at one stage, and I think Bradley Beal hit a ridiculous three that um, we posted on the Facebook page. But it was just insane, and and I was speaking to my mate Dan, who I work with, and he was just like, I've given up watching this game because it was all over by like the end of the third quarter. I think the Raptors, uh, not the Raptors, sorry, the Wizards had 100 points on them. And Carl Lowry looked pissed off at the end of the game. They had their exit interviews today. And it's just not been a great end to the season for the Toronto Raptors. They had all this hype going into the season that they were going to be a good team. They should have been like this. Uh, some people had them as contenders. I never, I don't think I ever went uh, went that far, but... You know, they were a good team, but their defense has dropped off recently, as Zach has mentioned several times in the last couple of weeks. Carl Lowry's looked banged up. Hopefully he'll come back and sort it out. But it's going to be a big summer for, um, for the Raptors in general, because you've got Dwayne Casey. Does he stay on? Um, the funny thing is, like, for those of you who, who haven't followed the NBA a long while, like, the Raptors were supposed to be a bad team. Like, they didn't mean to, like, the, the fact that they got in the playoffs last year wasn't, it was a bit, was a good thing for them. But their whole plan as a, as like an organization was to get, Mazzari in and to, and to sort of rebuild the team and they kind of accidentally ended up being quite good last year everything seemed to work for them so and, and this year it's carried on they won a franchise record games uh, and then they've come into the playoffs and they weren't hot coming into the playoffs which was the biggest problem they had they've just been a very average team for the last few um, for the last few weeks so yeah not a good time for, for the Toronto Raptors but there's going to be some big changes I mean do you think Casey's going I mean I've, I've had several debates with you over Twitter as to who was the worst coach in the series <laughs> um, yeah I do think he's going I don't think he was ever Ujiri's coach I think the plan apparently is to bring in Scott Brooks I've seen but I think Casey has got to go that offense is it's, it's very uncreative there's no there's no spark it's very there's a lot of high pick and rolls and then jump shots there's no there's no cuts there's not enough three pointers and I think it's been a real problem for them against the Wizards defense. 
Yeah, I think stagnant's been the word that, that like Zach and stuff have used recently. They just there's nothing going on. I think Casey was brought in to sort the defense out, and he looked like he'd done it at the start of the year. But mm. now with like what well, I think it's the sixth worst ranked defense in the NBA or something going into the playoffs, it's just it really hasn't turned out for them. Carl Lowry's been a turnstile. He just he can't guard anybody. He can't guard the quicker guards in this league. The likes of Damian Lillard, John Wall, who they played in this series, and. If you take it from the opposite direction, you look at the Wizards. I mean, going into the series, I know all the guys at the starters had the, they, they picked the Raptors in seven across the board, all four of them. So, you know, the Wizards have done an incredible thing here. They weren't playing great basketball coming into, into the postseason. They were taking a lot of mid-range jumpers and that doesn't tend to work in the playoffs when it tightens down, becomes a lot more half court, a lot more set up on defense. You can't give times, you know, you can't give teams time to set up on the defensive end and, yeah, the Wizards made the Raptors pay. I, I think Paul Pierce has been incredible for them in this series. He's just sort of rejuvenated himself, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think the first couple of games, he loved how the crowd were on his back. I think he's one of those players that thrives on that. But his his leadership has been has been outstanding. And he's always saying that, you know, when he leaves, he wants to have made an impact on the likes of Bradley Bill and John Wall. And I certainly think he's done that. Some of those three-pointers he were hitting in game three were ridiculous. It was like a throwback. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he's come in, he's got that, you know, the experience, the championship experience from playing in Boston. He had that year with Brooklyn, which I don't really know how you describe it. It was, just, um, But then again, they've come out and said that that was a, that was a, a pretty shitty season there we go that's war <laughs> um so yeah the wizards have, have surprised everybody but their size and stuff i think is going to cause real problems in the next round if they get through well they're going to get through and then they're going to play it could be the hawks it could be the nets we don't really know at the moment we'll get onto onto those a bit later but if it's the hawks i think they're going to cause a few problems because their front court is is very big it, it gets in the way it's physical gortat's been setting some incredible screens with um bradley bill in this series that the raptors just haven't guarded you know the pick and roll has just been something that they've gone to every game and it's worked and from inbounds plays as well they've run it then which is silly because you think that Dwayne Casey would adapt to, to that and you've got time because obviously you're on the side but they, they have they've made no changes they haven't adapted to that and and they've been killed quite frankly I mean Bradley Bill's been superb Otto Porter's been coming off the bench and he's had a huge impact especially defensively you look at what happened to DeMar DeRozan in game three he was eight of 11 and three for three in the first quarter and then just fell off I mean he was three of 18 and then zero of three from deep after that and it was all down to the fact that Otto Porter was coming on getting in the way you know being really physical with him getting in his face putting his arms in the in all of, you know, waving around like a loony it was so it looks hysterical when you watch it back but it's obviously doing its job and it, it reminds you of the sort of defense that the Boston Celtics used to play when they were play, when they were in the championship form. So they've been playing really well, the Raptors, uh, the Wizards, sorry. And yeah, I've, I think this, it's going to be interesting to see how far they can get in this playoffs because they're kind of the one team that nobody was really expecting to progress. So they've gone and pro- pro- progressed. They were up by 20 points in, in, in game four. They've, they won this series comfortably. They're going to get the rest. Paul Pierce is playing like, you know, some of the best basketball I think we've seen him play recently. He's, been, he's an absolute killer. I know he said he didn't want to go back through customs and stuff, but there's all the memes coming out today. You know, he's the king of the north and all this, you know, Game of Thrones references because it's, it's so pop culture at the moment. But yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to see what happens. I mean, if they play Atlanta, Atlanta's got this incredibly slick offense that knows how to score the ball. So it's going to be a different ball game altogether. But if they somehow ended up getting Brooklyn, I think that would be 
you know, they'd have a similar type outcome in this series. But um we'll move on because we can't really stick on on one series for too long on this. Um the other series, we've got the Golden State Warriors and the New Orleans Pelicans. That's all over. Uh the Pelicans were swept for nothing. Which is a bit unfair, really, because, I mean, Game 3 should have really been the Pelicans, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should have. I follow a couple of Pelicans fans on Twitter, and they've been telling me they've had uh, fourth-quarter problems all year, and you you definitely saw the offense stagnated. They started shooting a lot of deep mid-range jumpers with Dante Cunningham and Anthony Davis, and, you know... I know Golden State are very good. You shouldn't be giving up a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter, in my opinion. But it was slightly harsh. I think they did give a good account of themselves. Yeah, I just think it was a case of Stephen Curry was just unguardable in that fourth quarter. He was, he was unbelievable. He went to the line. He was thirteen or fourteen from the free throw line, which is huge. He ended up with forty points on the night, and you know it looked like it was it wasn't going to be their night. But the thing is, when you've got someone like Stephen Curry and he's just jacking up shots for the hell of it, you're always thinking he's going to score. And I think there was a three towards the end of regulation where he threw it up and it missed and you'd assume that was going in and then the one that he did throw up later you'd assume would miss went in so mm. you know that just shows how unpredictable the game of basketball is and the playoffs with a situation like that it was it was just massive so you've got this series now going into a game game. well it went into a game four and you know New Orleans had to do it all then and they just they couldn't get over the hump I think the duel between Anthony Davis and Stephen Curry has been getting better and better and better and we just aren't going to see that anymore the Pelicans really struggled in in game four it's almost as if they put all of their offensive energy and clout into that game three where they were just stunning like they were blowing the Warriors apart at some stages of that game um they shot 48 percent in uh game four and they were awful from downtown they shot 23 percent from three which is not what you you want to get the Warriors were nine to 14 from three in the first half and it was they basically just sealed the game in, in that first half of basketball is was, was unbelievable Anthony Davis again I mean finished with 36 points 11 rebounds and an assist so he's doing everything that he needs to do but this Pelicans team is a group they're just not good enough are they no I don't think so I think I do think they need to move a couple of those players on. I'm thinking people like Eric Gordon. I'm a big Tyreek Evans fan, but they need to find his position because they've tried him at uh, point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Yeah. And I think I think they're going to be very lucky to keep hold of Ryan Anderson as well. He's a very good player. I'm a big fan of his. And I think there's going to be a lot of teams who are going to be inquiring about him. Well, Ryan Anderson was the, was like the guy you'd expect to come on and have a big impact. In game three, he had I think he had 26 points or something at the end. He was lighting it up and... In that game, especially, I think it kind of came down to bad coaching more than anything else. You know, Monty Williams was making bad decisions. They should have fouled at certain points when he didn't foul, and Ryan Anderson was taking out the game. It's like you want that guy to stay in because if he's, he's if he's hot and you're in a playoff, you know, must-win game three situation, you want your best players and the guys who are most consistent out there. And it just didn't happen. But game four, it was the Warriors. I just didn't see it going any other way. The Warriors just had all the momentum. Everything went in. Um, but it's been a weird series. I mean, it hasn't been as, as one-sided as I think people thought it was. It's not like it's been blowouts every single game. If it wasn't for that 20-point that comeback, we'd probably be seeing a you know another game in this series at the moment. But it's had a few dodgy calls. The officiating has not been great. They've come out and apologised for some of the officiating calls and it's been all over the, you saw the NBA Twitter sphere and stuff for the last couple of days. But yeah, the Warriors advance. They just look unstoppable. They're so good and they're not even playing their best basketball. Yeah, I agree with you. I think 
I think it's what the commentators always say, they can do anything. They can put on a, a lineup with four or three points, but they can go big as well. You know, David yeah. Lee is David Lee is a good player off the bench. I know he's not quite been fully fit for these playoffs, but he's a good player to bring on. Andrew Bogut's not bad. I think they're at times unguardable Golden State Warriors. It's just been a big year for like Bogut staying healthy. I mean, we've watched him since he came into the league and he's just never had sort of a consistent time of staying healthy. He's been the big reason they've not got very far in the playoffs the last few years. Yes, you could put some of it down to Mark Jackson's um, erratic style of coaching, but I think I think Steve Kerr has come in, got the absolute best out of this unit, and when you've got someone like Jermon Green who's capable of defending Anthony Davis, then you could go anywhere in this league. That's they have an equivalent of Kawhi Leonard right now, and that's what you that's what you want. Bogut's playing well. Thompson is a firecracker. You know that's the best backcourt in the NBA by far. It's not even close. So. They're playing really well. They're absolutely rolling. They were my number one seed going into these playoffs, and I'm going to do another like playoff, uh, what do you call it, power rankings, um, like next week when we get to the next round. So it's going to be interesting to see where they still stand. But right now, for me, they're just they're the unstoppable force in this in the NBA in the postseason. So yeah, a great great time if you're a Warriors fan, and hopefully we'll get them on TV a bit more because we didn't really get to see them much. So that's another thing. That's the poor showing from like BT Sport of the first round playoff games every year it happens and it's just mm. it pees people off as we get people tweeting us on Twitter saying you know why aren't there more games on blah 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 you know it isn't it's not our fault we can't do anything about it so you know if you want to complain send your emails to BT Sport <laughs> um, so yeah that, that, those the, the Pelicans and the, uh, the Raptors are going home as well as the Boston Celtics not much of a surprise is it no, not at all. I think. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still in shock as to how they made the playoffs, Boston. No disrespect to them, but, but I don't think they're ever going to be a match for Cleveland, especially with Kevin Love as a stretch for, as well. He really opens up the floor for them. Yeah, and it's been a, it's, it's been a, a fun series. It's, it's kind of been very one-sided. The Cavs came into game one and two and just went off. The, you know, the Celtics had their leads in various stages of those, of those games, but it comes down to it again. It's just the, the, the sheer superpower of this, this Cleveland Cavaliers side. You've got Kevin Love, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. Um, the biggest thing I guess we should take from this series so far, uh, the, the fact that it's over is Kevin Love, um, went out with, I believe, was it a dislocated shoulder? Yeah, they had to pop it back into place in the locker room, I think. So he went out and then J.R. Smith knocked, well, elbowed Jay Crowder, yeah, yeah. Um, which was also a bit violent. I think he got done for a flagrant two in that game, but it was it was getting really feisty, sort of classic Boston game in that fourth, fourth matchup. But yeah, the Cavaliers are going to advance. They're now undoubtedly going to be facing... Um, Sorry, Bucks fans, but they probably will be facing the Bulls. <laughs> so that's the matchup we all dreamed of. And if Kevin Love is out, which we don't really know yet, I mean, they're doing an MRI scan today and nothing's come out as of yet. We're recording this about 11 o'clock on a Monday, so something could have popped up by now, but we've not seen anything. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how Cleveland adapts because, like you were saying a minute ago, they use him as a stretch four so much. Is it going to be a case if you put LeBron at the four and, and have a fiddle with that, or do you roll with some of the guys on the bench I don't quite know what David Blatt's got in mind but yeah it's going to be an incredible series and they're going to get the rest which is the biggest thing like LeBron James got criticised during the regular season for taking some time off but you can't really complain if they uh, if they keep progressing in the playoffs in the same fashion that they have done but for me I don't know if it's the same for you Joe the, the, the highlight of watching the Cavaliers this off-season has just been Kyrie Irving 
yeah, he's, I mean, his ball handling and his ability, because Boston have tried to put a lot of pressure on him in the half-court defence, but it's just the way he comes, he comes out of every situation, you know, still looking confident he's going to score. He doesn't care if he's double teamed, he will get out of it. Yeah, and he's been unguardable. That is, it's, he's the one guy on that Cavaliers team at the moment who's given them sort of the real spark and the energy they need. We mentioned before, like he was telling LeBron James to sort of play his game and, yeah, it's it's just been a phenomenal series for for the Cavaliers so far. Very very easy, kind of what we expected. If you're a Boston fan, I think you've got to take from this, you know, the good coaching, the fact that some of your guys have played really well. You look at Isaiah Thomas; has been good. Marcus Smart's had his had it in patches. But then again, the big thing coming out of this right now, and I was reading this on Yahoo Sports a minute ago, is the fact of this Kevin Love um, dislocation because. I, I I don't think it was intentional. It just looks intentional from Kelly Onlyuk. Um, whether he did it or not, he's come out and said he hasn't. But Kevin Love's pretty convinced that he did. Um, there was a similar play early on in the in the quarter where Kevin Love kind of did a similar thing to him. So it's fifty fifty in that respects. But it's probably salvaged some of their chances of of signing Kevin Love in the off season. Yeah, I think it has. Um... You know, I, I personally do think Kevin Love will move on. I think, you know, from watching him in Minnesota, like he likes to be the oh, ghost. Yeah, he's a Timberwolves he, fan. Let's, yeah, let's he, get that out very first. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to be the go-to guy. A lot of people say he's a stat stuffer. I can assure people he's not. He's just a <laughs> he's a very gifted offensive player. I I could see him at the Lakers actually. I, you know, I really do think he's going to opt out. But you know, that's really bad for the Cavs if he does. Yeah, they'll have to find something to fill the gap and obviously they're all in for it this year. So the fact that this has come at this point is is, is slightly worrying. But I think if you're Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens and stuff right now, you're not really too worried about this series. You've got the experience that you wanted. Um, so yeah, all, all things good if you're a Boston Celtics fan. You've got a bunch of draft picks as well coming up, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> um, so moving on to some of the more competitive series, I think we're going to talk... Um, Rockets Mavs now. So as it stands at the moment, it's 3-1 to the Houston Rockets, which means game five um, would be uh, another deciding game. So if the Rockets were to win it, they would they would go through. But um, yeah, the Mavericks fought back on, on well, this morning, which was interesting. I don't really see that happening. I thought that um, Houston were going to roll in there and fire on all the cylinders like they have been and just uh, blow them away. But yeah, JJ Barea and Monte Ellis going off on one, absolutely ripping them apart on the pick and roll. It was It was, it was good to see. Yeah, it was, but Houston's defense for long spells of that game was really poor. That it often ended up because I watched the the first three quarters yeah. where Ellis had a clear drive to Dwight Howard, and Dwight had to step across, and Tyson Chandler, Al Farouk, Aminu were just cutting into the paint, and it was it was worrying because Kevin McHale was stood on the sideline, but he he wasn't changing anything. <laughs> yeah, I saw the the, the post game uh, interviews with McHale, and he just said that they didn't have the energy that night. So whether or not they were they were preoccupied or something. I don't know, but I think if you're Houston right now, like you've got to be laughing at your side of the uh, the bracket because you know you get through this and you might you either play a depleted Spurs side or a depleted uh, Clippers side because that's that series is not going to be over quickly. So I think Houston are, are, are in, a, in for a serious chance of making like a Western Conference Finals this year, which which is good because that's the reason they put this team together. It's an odd bunch of players, like we've said before, they don't really fit together, but. When Josh Smith's playing well and Corey Brewer's playing well and they're getting 45 minutes together, it's just, you know, it's a scary proposition for the NBA because Dwight Howard, when he plays well, is one of the best centers in the league. And James Harden could be the MVP, is my MVP personally. But 
you know, it's, it's going to be great to see them in the next round. But this series isn't, isn't over yet. Can you see the Mavericks taking game five? No, not at all. Not without Parsons, Rondo. No, I can't see it. Rondo. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you trying to be serious? <laughs> nah, I thought I'd throw a bit of a joke in there. Yeah. <laughs> Rondo is the uh, the one thing that I think is uniting all basketball fans right now. It's just how funny the whole <laughs> Carlisle versus Rajon Rondo saga is. But yeah, that series is, uh, is, is heating up a bit, which is good because the playoffs were getting a little bit dull. Um, so moving on, I think we'll, we'll talk about the Nets and the Hawks uh, next because that, that this is not a... Uh, not a thrilling series, but the Hawks haven't been very good, have they? No, they haven't. Um, you know, I I think Carl Korver has really struggled, and that's been a problem uh, for them so far because he is usually lights out, especially on the fast break. Yeah. But they've not really got anything going. Al Horford struggled. Jeff Teague's been quite consistent, but what made Atlanta so good was that their starting five were all consistently putting up between, you know, 15 and 25 points a game, and that's not been happening for them. Yeah, and I, I don't know if any of us expected it coming into the playoffs, but we I did a whole article about whether or not they should have, you know, rolled into the playoffs with a bit of momentum, and I don't necessarily think that they did that to the extent that I thought they would. So the fact that they, they're now two, it's now 2 1 in the series to, to the Hawks is, it, it doesn't really surprise me because the Nets have got all the, the size and the stuff to put to, to cause Atlanta problems. I mean, it doesn't matter if Darren Williams is shooting one of eight in game two and one of eight again, in, uh, sorry, one of seven in game two and one of eight in game three. It's just, you've got the size there to cause the problems. You look at Brooke Lopez, um, Bojan Bogdanovic was, unbelievable in game three back in Brooklyn. He just scored 19 points and, and really gave the, the Hawks a run for the money. But it was an 18-0 run in that game three that effectively sealed it. And you don't expect runs like that to come from the Brooklyn Nets, do you? No, I mean, again, you know, we're talking about inefficient offences. It's been a bit of a feature on this show. <laughs> it's Brooklyn of, you know, they run a lot of mid-range half-court. Lionel Hollins is a good defensive coach, but when it comes to offence, he's not the most inventive. But I've been really impressed with them. I, I'm, I've always been a big fan of Joe Johnson, and I think he's he's really turned up. And I think, Brooke, you know, Brooke Lopez, we're talking about Andrew Bogut staying fit. Brooke Lopez can be a huge player in the NBA if he stays fit. He's very talented. He's probably the best offensive centre in the league, actually. Yeah, he is. He's he can pass. He can shoot. You know, mid range. Got a lot of post moves. You know, Brooklyn's future is a bit bleak with their debt and their owner <laughs> wants to sell them. But you know, if they can keep hold of him, they'll you know they'll they'll have a very good player on their hands. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with this, with the, you look at the Nets, is just like what happened to Derry Williams, man. Like coming out of Utah, he was such a great player. I think he just should have stayed in Utah going back to. I saw his first ever game as a Brooklyn Net, actually, but as a sorry, as a Utah, was it? They were the net. No, I'm getting confused now. They were the New Jersey Nets. There we go. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw his first game when he came over in London. Like he was traded a week before, and it was, it was almost like the start of this new age. And then you go on to like six years later, and it's kind of not worked out for them very well, or five years later, or whatever it's been. Um, but yeah, it's it's not looking good for for the Nets as it stands because I think the Hawks can just turn it on if they really need to, but. Yeah, it's been an interesting series, and I think the uh, I think game four is tonight, isn't it? So, if this series ties up, I think it could be going a long way, which is not what the Atlanta Hawks want, considering who they're going to have to face in the uh, in the next round. Hi, it's Peter Vetti. You're listening to Double Clutch Podcast. Don't believe anything these guys say. So, moving on to the uh, the Bulls and the Bucks, 
Uh, the series is currently 3-1 to the Bulls. The, they play again tonight, so this could all be over by the time you listen to this, um, which is very annoying, but that's the problem you have being British. <laughs> um, Jimmy Butler, unbelievable. These are his playoffs. Like, if anybody, if you're looking at a non-NBA fan and they like, you know, they ask you the question, who do I want to watch in these, this NBA playoffs? I'm just saying Jimmy Butler right now because he's been unbelievable. Um, a career high 33 in the, Game four win the other night, uh, game three win the other day, sorry, and he's just been incredible. Yeah, he has. And I think, you know, the Bulls are a, a defensive team and sometimes they need the spark. And I think he's provided that. People thought it was going to be Derrick Rose, but it's been Jimmy Butler. And, uh, you know, game three, you referenced there. I think they were down by about 20 coming up to halftime and he and he and I think it was Dunleavy and Snell, they all went off from downtown, but Butler was you know, huge in that game from coming back. Yeah, he's been so good. I'm getting my scores muddled up. That was game four where he had a 30, 33 points. Sorry, it was Derek Rose who had 34 in that game. But Butler's been just, you know, incredible at both. He had 24 in game three and then 34 in in game four. So he's just been the guy that they're going to. I think they can't, they can't, they can't handle his size. Like he's a very difficult player. I think coming out of college, Nobody really knew what to make of him, but he's really developed himself and he fits into this offense so well. You see, there's a clip from, I think it's game two, where he goes over to the side and he's talking to Tibbs and he's just like, they can't guard me, coach. Keep giving me the ball. And that's what they did. And, it, and you know, it's just funny trying to watch the Bucks try and stop them because they were the second best defense in the NBA at one stage this year and they haven't been able to do it. They've got all that length, you know, Anton Tacumpo. The Jared Bayless guys like that, it just isn't happening for him. Um, speaking of Jared Bayless, he did come out with the game winner in that game. <laughs> yeah, it's a good play. That really impressed with that. Apart from Derek Rose's rather lapsed defense, <laughs> but then again, Tibbs came out afterwards and said you can't put all the blame on him because it's a team game and they should have done better. He shouldn't have been in that situation at the end of the day. But with 1.3 seconds left, Jared Bayless tipped in, or should I say, laid in the uh, wide open game win- uh, game winner. And, uh, yeah, Derek Rose looked rather distraught because he was standing, well, probably about a meter behind him. He wasn't very far away from him, was he? No, he wasn't. So, yeah, that's an interesting one as well. I think the Bulls have got this in the bag. I just think going back to the United Center in Chicago is just going to be too much for him. If Jimmy Butler has another great night and Derek Rose has another great night, it's, you know, it's horses for courses because they're just too good. And the way that the East has, has worked out the last couple of nights with like the Wizards, beating the Raptors and then you've got the Kevin Love injury I think the Bulls might actually be and the Hawks playing badly sorry I think the the Bulls might actually be the best team in the Eastern Conference right now with the way they've been playing especially Derek Rose coming back and you know looking like an MVP self I'm not getting too overhyped but he is looking incredibly good for them yeah he has he's been a bit of a revelation that you know that game three hit some big shots in that game um you know, I think I think most people, even your most dark ball signs, have accepted he's he's never going to be back to his MVP best. But he's, you know, he's certainly putting on better performances than they used to get from Kirk Heinrich and Aaron Brooks when they were starting. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's a bit harsh on Aaron Brooks because he's actually played really well this season when he's played, and Kirk Heinrich's had a lot of um, injury troubles recently. But Derek Rose, nobody really wanted, you know, expected him to start cutting and slashing the way he's been doing and he's been really doing that the last sort of three four games he's just been getting in the interior causing problems there was a layup he made in game three where you know it looked like 2012 Derek Rose again it, it was incredible and everyone forgets how young he is I think he's still 27 years old so you know still a lot of basketball left for Derek Rose and 
if he keeps playing like this, then the Bulls are a serious contender in the Eastern Conference because you've got to consider guarding Derek Rose as well as guarding Jimmy Butler. So you're going to struggle with their backcourt and then you're certainly going to struggle with their frontcourt because they've just got depth everywhere. You look at Pau Gasol, Taj Gibson, you know, Joachim Noah, Miritich. There's just guys everywhere on that bench that are going to cause, um, going to cause you serious problems. So yeah, game five, I believe is tonight, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it is tonight. And then it's Portland after that. Yeah. So I think that's going the way of the Bulls. We'll move on to the Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers. This series is getting, uh, interesting at the moment. As it stands, I believe the Grizzlies are leading three zip, which would mean the next game is an eliminator. Yeah. I've, this is, I've, quite a big fan of Portland so I've watched all all the games of this series but Portland have really struggled about Wesley Matthews they're really relying on Aldridge I think he took 35 shots in game one yeah. and, he only, and he only made 13 of them so I mean yeah people are putting blame on Terry Stotts the coach but I'm not sure it's his fault I don't you know they've missed a Flalo and Cayman as well I think he's just I think it's out of his hands and I do think they're going to get swept tonight. Yeah, you can't deal with it. If, if an injury like that comes up, especially with Wesley Matthews, it's like the whole, his re- the rest of the season's gone effectively. So, and then Aaron Afolo, they're lucky to even have him on the team because he was like a last minute trade deadline guy, wasn't he? So it's, it's just, you know, Portland fans should not be criticizing Terry Stotts because what Stotts has done with his team in the last few years has been, incredible Portland have always been this organisation and we've said it so many times before that always gets hit by bad luck at the wrong time and mm. it's happened again but I guess we shouldn't be bashing on the Blazers too much because the bad luck went to the the Grizzlies in this one despite the win I think um, losing Mike Conley was massive for them uh, he got elbowed in the face by I can't remember who it was but he got el- I think it was CJ McCollum he got elbowed and it did not look good. He's having facial reconstruction surgery or something. So whatever it is, is got to be pretty serious. And, um, yeah, their list of point guards grows thin, which is odd because they had three point guards on the roster. They've got Bina Rudrick, who was injured, um, as well. So he didn't play. And then they went to Nick, Kala- um, Karathes. So I can't say his name. Kalathes, Nick Kalathes. <laughs> I don't have to say it often. That's why I can't say it. Um, <laughs> so he had to come on and play big minutes. And yeah, he did an adequate job, but. For me, it's just a grit and grind of this Memphis Grizzlies team. Everyone was going into the playoffs going, Vince Carter won't hit any shots. He's been hitting shots. That's what Vince Carter does, people. And yeah, it's been great to see. I like watching VC scoring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big fan. His, his dunks are the best. Well, not now. <laughs> well, they were, they were, they yeah, were. Yeah, going like in the day. 12 years back. <laughs> um, but a 9 0 run in the, uh, in the fourth quarter of game three sealed it for the Grizzlies. Um, Tony Allen was for great defense as well. So they came up clutch when they needed to. Game four is tonight, um, at half, well, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, half three. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I think the Grizzlies have probably got it. I don't think Portland have got too much. Um, how disappointed, just quickly, have you been in Damian Lillard in these playoffs? Well, I think just generally since the All-Star has been very poor. I mean, again, you can't put all the blame on them. They've had injuries, but Aldridge has somewhat stepped up. Batum stepped up in Game 3 at 24 points, but Lillard just hasn't. You know, one Portland fan made me laugh. He said if Lillard spent as much time on his Nike advertisements <laughs> as he did on his game, then he'd be a great player. Yeah, because he's really bad. So, uh... That's why he's got the Nike advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're just, they're relying on Lamarcus Aldridge too much. And when you're playing against Marcus and, uh, Marcus Sol and Zebo, uh, you're always going to have problems. Um, moving on, the Clippers and the Spurs is the, uh, I think it's the final series we've got to talk about tonight. But this has been so good. The best series by far? Yeah, I don't even think it's been close. This is, this has been, 
you know, it's, for me, the two best coaches in the league. It's two of the most exciting teams. I love both their teams. Ball movement. You know, they both jack up a lot of threes. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this series. Yeah, so game one, Clippers coming in, showing stamping real authority down the Staples Center in front of a really good crowd. Um, game two, overtime. Chris Paul missed a chance to win the game. Spurs took over, you know, vintage performance from Tim Duncan. Game three in San Antonio, an absolute blowout from the San Antonio Spurs. They just... They went off on one. Chris Paul had one of the worst games I think I've ever seen him play. That might be his worst playoff game I've seen him play. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard, on the night that he received his Defensive Player of the Year trophy, led the uh, defending champs to the win with 32 points, which is a career high uh, for a playoff game for him. So a big game three. And then game four, which took place Sunday, and it was primetime viewing. It was half eight. It was on BT Sports. So hopefully everybody got to watch it. And this is what the NBA is all about, people, for like noobs. This is the, the guys that you want to be watching. The, these two teams could be in a, 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 you know, a Western Conference Finals matchup. They're that good. Um, Chris Paul was incredible. Absolutely sensational. 11 of 19 from the field, 34 points, seven assists. He, uh, besides that game three, he's just been incredible. Yeah, he has. And I, there's all this, always a debate on who's the best point guard in the league. But I think if you want someone who's going to come up big in the big moments, he would be my man. He's been, he's been really good because Griffin, you know, has been slightly inconsistent. There, Jordan's always getting, you, you know, hacked by Popovich. Yeah. And I, f- I think he really does come up when he's, he facilitates as well. He's made, made a great pass to JJ Reddick yesterday. I think he played it through Ginobili's legs. So, you know, he's a, he's a really good player. Yes. And the point guard debates are one that we've had on the show before, but like Chris Paul just gives you everything. He's so well rounded as a point guard and you don't really see that a lot nowadays. You look at Russell Westbrook. Yes, he can be a pain in the ass on the defensive end. But he's not as consistent as someone like Chris Paul is. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna cause you problems. And he's just been t- putting on an absolute show. You've had sort of him and Kawhi Leonard having these these duels each and every night. And then it comes from the most unexpected sources in the playoffs. You're sort of, you know, the 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 oomph you need to get over the edge. And it was Austin Rivers in this one who has been criticised and slagged off and beaten to death all season. Um, and he went seven for eight from the field, which is mental. Dot Rivers looked insanely pleased. Um, can't really blame him considering it is his son but you know big performance from Austin Rivers and almost reminded me of the days where he was hitting game winners in college yeah you know, I'm quite happy for him because he does seem like a you know a grounded kid and I think you know when the, the trade was made there was all this talk that Rivers only went for him because he's his son yeah. but I was I was really happy to see him do that and you know and maybe stop the critics a bit because I think he could be a big player, but he needs to have more games like that. Yeah, he he's been really maligned. And like at the end of the game, Chris Paul was interviewed and he was like, you know, game ball is going to Doc Rivers. Uh, sorry, not Doc Rivers, Austin Rivers. <laughs> uh, going back in time there. Um, but yeah, it's just been a great series so far and it is, it's absolutely the one to watch. I think if Danny Green had had been having a bigger game than he has, like has been playing better, then the Spurs would probably three one up in this series but he hasn't really woken up yet so it's going to be interesting to see what the Spurs do but yeah those are the games that we had to catch up on guys um we are going to try and bring you another show tomorrow evening or Wednesday one one of those days I'm not really sure yet I'm a bit confused (laughs) um so we'll come back at some point during the week uh covering the next games but it is heating up a bit now it'll try and be a bit more regular when it comes to like round two because the games are a bit more spread out and there's a bit more time to discuss and debate but when round one's coming on and joe will tell you this it's just it just hits you doesn't it it's like bam 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 there's games every night and it's a pain in the ass 
Oh yeah, it is. But, but you know, but we love, love it. it. Yeah, <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> as usual, guys, the website is doubleclutchpodcast.co.uk. Please keep the iTunes reviews and Stitcher reviews and things like that coming in because they make a massive difference to us. Um, yeah, check out Joe's recent blog post. Actually, he did a thing on Rajan Ronda today, which was a uh, fantastic. And then Sean, uh, Sean Guest has also started writing for us. Um, and he did a fantastic article the other night on Scott Brooks and where he could where he could end up but yeah it's picking up and you know the nba coverage is picking up in the uk which is great because you see people using our hashtag um hashtag nba in the uk is being used quite a lot at the moment and people are just getting involved and interacting like we've had a couple of emails the last couple of days about people wanting to write for us and things like that so you know we can't pay you we don't have any sponsorship or anything like that but if you want to get involved then please do because we're trying to put all of sort of the british coverage in one place which makes it a lot easier um for nba fans as usual you can check out ball and roll which is the blogs uh, slash website that zach uh, helps run over there in canada he covers the raptors specifically for them so if you want your raptors coverage go and check out that because i know that zach's going to be pretty peed off when he comes on during the week um to talk about the raptors so we've got plenty to look forward to and then you've got um the blue and gold site which is the one that um thomas has just started setting up which is denver nuggets fan site so if you're a Nuggets fan and you know you want to moan about this season, go over there. <laughs> um, but as usual, you can follow us on Twitter at Double Clutch UK. Joe, do you want to give them your your tweet tag? Yeah, it's uh, at Holbert Joe. If you want to follow me, fantastic. And mine is at Matt Smash. Uh, we'll catch you at some point during the week, guys. Enjoy the games. Bigger, better, stronger, power. I got that power, 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 power. Yeah, 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 yes, y'all. Feeling funky, fresh, y'all. Work to be the best, y'all. Work good under pressure, y'all. Been through all that stress, y'all. Get, get this off my chest, y'all. Made it out in projects with this project that's progress, y'all. I did it for my mama. I told her when I was younger that I'ma be that number one. Yep, I'll be that number one. I take it higher and higher, higher and higher. I stay in fly attire. Keep burning like that fire. Power, 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 power.